0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Today we're going to talk about uh, why serve. Yeah, why serve? And uh, last week in our belong series. Uh, we talked to you about why church? You know, why, why this church? And we, 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 we took you to Matthew 16, and we looked at what Jesus said. Because if we're going to find out the truth about anything, we've got to find out what He says. Would you say amen to that one? Amen. It's not a matter of what we feel and think. And Jesus lays it down very clearly. And the word church, the ecclesia, the word He uses, uh, that word is the idea of gathering and people coming together for a common purpose there's no solo christians there's no individual we're coming together as a group for a common purpose now in my lifetime i've heard various reasons and rationales for from people christians mainly not always of why they don't think they need to attend any fellowship or service and you know i've shared a few of those statements last week i'll share those and a few more this week um you know I've heard the statement I don't need to go to church to be a Christian uh, okay but you know if you truly are a Christian guess where you'd like to go to church right you'd like to be in the fellowship in the family of God if there's been no change in that and uh, then you're writing as an individual and now you're adding something to the Word of God that's not in there you won't find these statements in there um, I've had people tell me things like, "Oh, no, I well, you know, I read my Bible." Well, okay. That that's fine that you read your Bible, but nowhere did Jesus say uh, you know, you're to gather together, but unless you read your Bible at home, we're cool with you right there. He doesn't say stuff like that. So once again, we're kind of not kind we are adding uh to the word of God. I had one person tell me this just one in my whole life, and they said, my church is in here, and I thought, well, how do the rest of us get in there then, <laughs> because obviously the church is a group of people gathered together for a common purpose, and, and if the church is only in there, I mean, I'd like to, I like—I need to get in there, to be part of where Jesus is doing some stuff, right, uh, and then um, the one I told, told you last week, somebody told me, I believe in ministry, but I don't believe in church, and of course we know that it's the church that does ministry so that, that statement doesn't make sense either um, and there are all these irrational rationales in their mind and of course my, I think it's my favorite of all time and I've heard it a few times in my life from people but you hear it more often if you watch anything because I don't believe in organized religion anyone ever heard that one? so my thought is always do you believe in disorganized religion? you know which is it? in the statement itself, it's in, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lie built into that statement, because the assumption in the statement is that we are religious people, and how many of you know as a follower of Christ, you are not religious, does anybody know that, that's all that knows that, raise your hand if you know that, okay, you are not religious, and that's a big mistake that Satan would love for you to believe religion sends more people to hell than anything else on this planet let me tell you why because religion has within it the idea that you and I can work our way earn our way to God through good deeds that's religion but the reality is according to the New Testament is there's not a one of us that's righteous none of us does right all the time every one of us sins and so therefore you could never I could never do good works enough ever to even knock out one of my 90,000 sins I've committed in my life prime none of us can we needed a savior to come down because we couldn't make it to him that's called grace he comes down to us and he dies on the cross he opens the door through his blood we put our faith in him activating his grace to us and now we can walk the door of salvation and we're saved we can go to him because of him not anything i can do see as a christian we are in a relationship with god has nothing to do with religion nothing whatsoever so when somebody tells me I don't believe in organized religion, neither do I why would I believe in religion? religion does nothing for me, I was already religious the first 23 years of my life it didn't get me anywhere but when I came to a relationship with Jesus Christ, that changed everything because the spirit of God came to live in me, any amens to that one right there? now, as Jesus shares in Matthew 16 as we talked last week the reason we gather together for the common purpose as believers is what he said, here's the purpose, that we drive back the gates of hell. Do you remember that statement last week of Jesus? Yeah? Yes or no? Yes? So, now we're supposed to have hell backpedaling. And when Jesus used the word gate, remember that is the idea of authority, we see that throughout the Old Testament, because that's where the authority of the leaders of the city uh, would take place. And he's given us the keys of the kingdom to drive it back. We've been given the authority as a follower of Christ. So now when you put that all together, that we're driving hell back and expanding the kingdom of God as a group of believers that come together for a common purpose now you realize that the words that Jesus is talking about and as you put it together, these are words of war we are in a war, we are in a battle we're in a fight, and we're in the fight for souls and for lives if you ever sit down with me one-on-one and hear my heart and hear what I really feel inside, more and more in my life, I feel like I'm in a massive battle every day of my life. And I feel that way. I feel like I'm in a massive battle against the culture. I do not. I'm not against humans and people. I love people. But the thinking out there, I feel like I'm in a war. and a war that we need to win for the sake of human lives. Any amens on that one? So we're in this war. And as Paul writes to Timothy, we're all soldiers. At least we should be. It was 1982. And I was um, I was a correctional officer at CIM East Facility. Any correctional officers? Anybody? I don't one, two. Oh, yes, Steve. Uh, anybody? Anybody else? No, no, no. Okay. I was a correctional officer. And... At CIM, East Facility. And I remember reading in the newspaper, I just dated myself. Some of you go, it's a newspaper, just go look it up. <laughs> I don't have time to, to teach, give a history lesson. But I remember the newspaper, and it stated that there was a riot happening at CRC, which is Norco facility. And so I thought, hmm. I didn't think much of it at the moment, but I would in a few hours. And so about 3 o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. And I'm due to get into work, I think, at 8 in the morning at CIM to do my shift in my unit. And when that phone rang, I knew exactly what it was. There's just no doubt. And back then, it was like, ring. You didn't have your cell phone, okay? (laughs) You remember phones? You remember those days? Remember the thief shot at the door and you're going, Wait, wait, because you're calling 911, right? Don't shoot me right? Because you gotta be fast. That's a trigger finger, right? And so I get up and I pick up the phone, I go, hello? He goes, Del Campo? And I said, Yeah. He goes, This is Sergeant So-and-so at CRC. And I'll never forget his words, he says. It's all going down right now. We need every available officer right now. Get down here. I said, okay. Hung up the phone, told Olivia, I said, I got to go. I put on my uniform, put my badge on, and I headed out. And I drove to CRC. I get there. There's the main gate. Officers are showing up. I remember they put us in a van. So many of it, they they they're taking us into the units. I remember the perimeter was the correctional officer SWAT team of which one of my high school best friends was part of it. I saw them on the perimeter, and they were ready to go. We get to a unit, and at CRC, where I worked at CIM, there are cells, and you can lock people up in cells. Not at CRC, it's really old. It's big dorms. And so there's no way to lock people up. You just have to guard doors. me and a guy who worked at Frontier, the women's prison out here, he had been called in, and they dropped us off in this segment of unit, they gave us one shotgun, they said you're going to patrol this hallway here, no one comes out of the units, and so I say the shotgun so you know I know how to use a gun, okay, (laughs) Um, and we start patrolling for 14 hours, it's like from here to about the back wall we're walking back and forth making nobody comes out of the units and we're, we're taking turns with the, with the shotgun stuff and so but the one thing I remember as I patrol when I first got there there was a like a trail of blood on the floor and the floors are cement and the trail just went all the way down and further than I was patrolling and to me it looked like somebody was injured pretty bad bleeding pretty bad and they just had to grab him and drag him out is what it was and so I thought this is, this is getting as real as it gets now and so I patrolled. me and this guy we patrolled back and forth back and forth 14 hours and uh, we kept the peace and by the time I got there there was plenty of officers that already had squelched the riot and we were coming in as the peacekeepers now because these guys are tired now I want you to think about this what if? What if me and all the officers in the area who got called that morning wasn't our shift, wasn't our place or nothing what what if we said they go, Oh, I know who that is. But well, we picked up the phone and they said, Del campo we need you I go, you know, I really don't feel like it. You know, I, I just feel so comfortable right now. I just wanna can I just sleep in? Now you guys got it right. Or what if I even told myself I know who that is I guarantee it's the prison I'm not going to answer the phone You know forget those guys If I don't answer the phone Well they can't tell me to come in And so I go You know what The blankets feel really good And I just roll over And I go back to sleep Now if I would have done that And all a lot of other officers I would have just been a coward I wouldn't be able to live with myself while these other guys have been out there for hours and hours and hours trying to keep the peace. Trying to keep this thing in check. And so I went, because, you know, I was an officer. Guys, I say that to say that we're soldiers in the kingdom. And God calls us to be that. We are called to serve. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable and sometimes it pulls us out of our routines but we are called to serve other people why serve? because of what I just said we're to drive the gates of hell back we're to stop these things but we're to do it as a team as a unit and we have to come together in some kind of capacity in a team if you don't attend this church whatever church you attend jump on that team and start helping out but you got to do it this is what we're called to do Because we are soldiers in the kingdom so today we're going to talk about the serving thing in our belong series last week why church today why serve we're going to go into the writings of a New Testament man by the name of Peter Peter in case you're new to church he is one of the original 12 disciples of Jesus Christ if you know anything about Peter you know he's open mouth insert foot how many know what I'm talking about he just does so many bonehead things I like him I can relate to that okay and yet God used him in great great ways so let's turn to 1st Peter and let's look at what this guy says about serving I'm going to do a little bit of commentary on the intro and then there's one verse in particular then a second one that we're going to take out three points that really kind of fill in the gaps on serving, why serve? so 1st Peter chapter 4 when you're at verse 7 say I'm there and I sure hope that you are reading your Bible and learning your Bible otherwise you're open to any interpretation out there and you don't know what God has said, amen? it is your responsibility, mine to teach you but yours to keep in it as I in my life have to stay in it, in the word, now look at 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7 is where we're going to begin watch what Peter writes the end of all things is near therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer now to understand we've got to understand something first who is this guy Peter writing to who is 1 Peter being written to because you've got to know who you're writing to to get a full Understanding of what he's saying he's writing to people that have, they are dispersed they are in the dispersion but scholars think this is mostly Gentiles but there are some Jewish born again believers that are dispersed around the world they're, they're persecuted people because of their faith in Jesus Christ they are living in the Roman Empire and they are people that will not say Caesar is Curia Caesar is Lord but instead they say, Christ is Lord and because of that, they are persecuted because of that, they are suffering they are social outcasts, they may not get the job because they don't toe the line, they may get their business shut down because they don't toe the line, Christianity has not yet been outlawed at this moment of its writing, but it will be uh, outlawed and it will get even worse than what they're going through some things don't change, any amens on that? if you don't agree with some things in America today you get fired, you say that's not true you, get, you need to get out more, because that is exactly happening in America and that's not right, not in a free country, in a communist country I can understand but not in a free country, now in verse 7 if you notice he says to us be sober of spirit for the purpose of prayer now he's not talking per se of alcohol here, if you back up four verses he's talking about alcohol, quit partying, quit throwing parties doing all these things just stop doing it you're a follower of Christ where's your testimony does that bring any glory to God you better think about that one but here when he says be sober of spirit it's the idea of don't go off into a tangent don't go off into any new interpretation of scripture because when you do that you are like the serpent back in Genesis 3 when Eve says you know no we're not God said this and the serpent says has God really said that and he creates a new interpretation of scripture do not add to the word of God, do not take away from the word of God, amen to that one yeah you're not supposed to do things like that, that's a dangerous place to be verse 8 he says this, above all keep fervent in your love for one another, boy what a great statement because love covers a multitude of sins now watch, real quick, love covers a multitude of sins, now he's telling us when you see someone in sin, don't go blab to everybody else what they're doing don't be that kind of a person, instead you want to be a lover of other people, a helper he's not saying to agree with sin at all, and we don't agree with sin but here's what he's saying, and let me give you an Old Testament example, a visual to show you what this is saying love covers multitude of sin, now when Noah in the Old Testament after the flood, he gets drunk there's fermentation and he gets drunk and he's in his tent and he's naked drunk one of the three sons comes up sees dad he can't wait to tattle can't wait to tattle and he goes to the two brothers other ones and he tattles on dad the other the two brothers they come to check it out they don't look in the tent what they do is they get a cover probably animal skin cover and one gets it here one gets it here and dad's in the tent and they walk in backwards and they don't look at dad and they cover him up that's a beautiful visual picture of what Peter in the New Testament is saying that love covers a multitude of sins amen to that one now look at verse 9 be hospitable to one another without complaint very important without complaint because as too many Christians walk around complaining about everything no just just stop that now just stop that let's be a different type of person now because the spirit of God lives in us so here we go I'M GONNA GIVE YOU THREE THINGS THAT WE'RE GONNA FIND IN VERSE 10 THAT PETER'S TELLING US ABOUT SERVING THIS MORNING, WHY serve? AND NUMBER ONE IS THIS, I HAVE RECEIVED A GIFT FROM GOD, I'M GONNA COME DOWN NOW so YOU CAN GIVE ME LIGHTS, I HAVE RECEIVED A GIFT FROM GOD, NOW WE'RE GONNA READ THIS VERSE THAT PETER HAS WRITTEN, NOW WATCH THIS, and I WANT YOU ALL TO READ IT WITH ME, I'M GONNA COUNT IT THROUGH, HERE WE GO, ONE 2, 3, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, okay, now notice, every one of us has received what, special gift, we're all gifted, oh no, not me, Jim. oh yeah, you are, God is not a liar, every one of us has been gifted spiritually, and there are three categories of giftings in the New Testament, 20-some gifts, we all got a couple of them guys Now, as you read that, we, as you read that thing, so that means to you and I, that somewhere in this whole scope of church coming together gathering people for a common purpose, somewhere I have a gift that somehow is going to be utilized, now Paul will write something about this. Watch, put up Ephesians 4, 16. Watch what Paul says. And I, this, this verse is loaded, but I can only pull out one thing in our time frame here. Watch, it says, From whom the whole body, are you and I as Christians part of a body of Christ? Yes or no? Yes. We are being what? Fitted. Louder. What? Fitted. We're fitted. That's the key word I want to key on today. And held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each what? individual part who are the individual parts you and I causes the growth of the body so when the body's working together what happens to the body it grows yay for the building up of itself so the body is built up in what in love because everybody's working together. now I want to go back to being fitted every one of us has spiritual gifts every one of us and in those spiritual gifts we fit somewhere somewhere that gift or giftings they fit in a local church in a local body of believers I will tell you that wherever you begin serving probably is not where you end serving because you will begin to see the definition of your spiritual gifts and you only find out what they are by doing something in the kingdom of God you're not going to find it out by sitting around doing nothing that's just not the way it works so we, fit, we have to find out so every one of us has to fit somewhere in the body of Christ we're gifted that way okay some of you know and he was here in first service I don't know if you saw him coming in but how many of you know Vic Dominguez? He, he cooks for our men's he's been cooking for all our fellowships for 30 years but you've heard me say this we prayed for him and today was his first day Back in church in a wheelchair He's not quite all the way back yet But he's diabetic And he gave me permission to share this He got an infection in his foot And they couldn't get rid of the infection and They couldn't get rid of the infection Because you know diabetic circulation problems You can't feel those things in your extremities and It got bad So back in June They eventually had to amputate his right foot About right there, down. And it's been a long load of recovery, a long road of recovery. He's kept a good attitude. He's gone through those parts where it's like, why? You know, why? But now he's past that. And he's moving towards getting his prosthetic. When he first came home from the hospital with no foot, he has, you have phantom feel. You still think the foot's there it's not there and what happened like that first seven days he was home and there's no foot there and he's got the walker to try to get up and do things well Vic fell a number of times and one time he fell so bad that he hit his head I believe it was on the counter of the bathroom bang as he's going down and they had to call 911 they get an ambulance there get him to the hospital because he only got one foot don't you think about that? Because he's only got one foot, he stumbled and he fell. And because he's only got one foot, you got to think about the other leg and the other foot. He's putting a lot more pressure on the other leg because there's no foot there. Amen to that one? So he both stumbles because he's missing a foot and there's way more pressure on the one leg than normal and that's what happens in the body of Christ when people don't jump in and serve we're supposed to drive back the gates of hell on one foot and the body stumbles and there's more pressure put on the other parts of the body because somebody should have been in that position in the body but you didn't step up and you didn't take a spot and you thought I don't need to answer that phone they got it and the troops wear out and it gets more difficult because we're missing a foot we're missing a part we're missing a piece that fits somewhere and you're gifted and you fit somewhere and it's up to you and I to find out through service where we fit And what we do in the kingdom of God. Otherwise, the body's weak. Every one of you's been gifted. Every one of you's been gifted. That's the first thing Peter says. But then he says more things. He says this. I am to employ what I've received. I am to employ what I've received. Now, I'm gonna go back to that same verse. Watch what Peter says. It's a natural progression. He says, as each one has received a special gift, what? Employ. Employ it in the serving of one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Oh, what does that mean? Employ it well it means use it the word employ is the idea of just managing it and you take the idea too where like Joseph in the Old Testament when he is sold into slavery he's, we don't, he doesn't know yet but he will find out that he's got strong giftings administrative to be particular and he's in Potiphar's house then in that prison because he's lied about and he uses his gifts administratively he employs it he uses it we're called to use our gifts for the kingdom of God now let me try to illustrate something that I did in First Service. Now, I'm, I, I like ho- Hollywood sci fi movies. Anybody? Raise your hand if you like sci fi. Okay. Um, remember last week, The Crawling Hand? Remember that? Well, my favorite sci fi character for many, many years was Godzilla. I mean, I loved Godzilla. I remember I first watched him in that old black and white movie he's tearing Tokyo apart it's awesome and even didn't Blue Oyster Cult sing Go Go Godzilla anybody remember that? how many remember that? please help me out here yeah okay yeah I know how old you are now but I saw them sing that in, in, in concert by the way I was like yeah Godzilla where is he? no but I loved Godzilla he was my favorite until somebody came on the scene Around 1985, and that person or that thing was the Predator. Anybody like the Predator? Oh, you clap for that? I can't get you to clap for anything. Ah, oh, the Predator. You know, remember the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jungle Predator? Go ahead, do it. What are you waiting for? Remember? You know, you notice everybody can do Arnold, but Arnold he can't do himself. And, it's interesting, but but I love the Predator. Ever since that movie, he's like I've even looked up how much it costs to buy a life-sized Predator to put in my house. <laughs> Can you imagine walking waking up to that guy? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Love the Predator. I've thought about dressing up for him on on trunk of tree, but scare the kids. There's a senior pastor, ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> but here's the thing. I have I have the Predator here. Uh, Aaron, you, you gave me this because you know I love the predator. Um, the, the, how many of you collect action figures? Be honest. Be honest. One, two, three, four, five, five, six, seven. Oh, you raised his hand up because he didn't he didn't know how to raise his arm up. You know what I find that in a lot of women having to raise husband or because they don't know how to raise their arm up, right? We need to talk right now. Okay, we had eight over here. Oh, you second. You're in another service. You came back for pain. Okay, nine writing. How many? Ten, eleven, twelve. The whole family collects them. It ends with you. You don't do it right. Uh, Thirteen. Okay. No, nobody over here. No. Okay. Thirteen. Now, all of you who raised your hand. Oh, more. Okay. The familia. I got it. Okay. You so how many of you raise your hand, you collect action figures, how many of you, when you buy them, you take them out of the box and play with them? Oh, you don't, huh? Okay, Aaron does? No, 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 Eric. You don't play, you just pull them out and put them on a shelf. That doesn't count. Now, how many play with them? You do? Well, yeah, but you're in elementary school, so I, I got that one, Okay. <laughs> Everybody else is having a heart attack over you, taking it out of the box. Now, so most people buy action figures and you leave it in the box, right? Correct? So what you're telling me is that you have action figures that have never seen any action. Am I right? What is the difference between that and Christians who never jump in the battle? You are action figures. You are soldiers for God. You are called to come together as the church, coming together to drive back the gates of hell. You don't want to be an action figure that never sees any action. Why serve? That's why right there. Any amens of that one? Okay, don't steal this later. I'm going to put this right here, okay? He's he's my predator, right? Okay, now, number three. I am to employ it by serving others, now, I'm to use my gifts, I'm to employ them in serving other people, Jim, I don't like other people, oh, there's a problem right there, right, well, I'm a Christian, you know, I love God, but I hate everyone else, no, you prove your love for God by your love for others, amen. that was weak, you know, come on, you prove your love for God by your love for others, amen. you can't say amen, say ow, say something, now watch, let's, let's read this, here we go, watch, As each one has received a special gift, employ it. Use it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now watch, he gives a few additives here. Watch these things. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies so that in all things God may be Glorified. Mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever amen now very quickly now watch this so as I serve God supplies me with strength did you catch that yes or no so as I serve God as I volunteer God supplies me with strength comes down from the throne of God right But yet as I serve, and the strength of God comes down this way, now me, in my serving, I am glorifying God. Any amens? Did you catch it? So there's this kind of like this pipe that runs down. Strength, glory of God. As I'm serving, these two things are happening simultaneously. I'm receiving the strength of God, and yet I'm glorifying God by my actions and by my serving of other people people but give me strength give me strength what are you going to do for oh, I'm too busy why would you need strength then what do you need strength for strength so um, there's a guy named Samson you ever heard of him so Samson he's in the book Old Testament book of judges he's what's called a judge In that time frame in Israel's history, they had no king yet, because Saul is not king yet. And there were priests after this, but they were led by judges. Judges who listened to God. Samson is a judge. And Samson is what you call a Nazarite vow person. He takes the vow. And that's why his hair grows. He won't drink any alcohol. He won't touch dead things, because that'll break the vow the strength is not in the hair, friends, don't don't think that the strength is in the vow that the hair is symbolic of but Samson decides, yeah, I can violate all this stuff and right away you see him next to a vineyard you're not supposed to be around stuff like that and then you see him scraping honey out of a deadline you're not supposed to do stuff like that and then remember he takes that that jawbone of a donkey, remember that? and he kills like a 1,000 of the enemy with that thing because he's really strong. Is the jawbone alive or dead? Is dead, you're not supposed to touch dead things. So he's violating, violating, violating. And finally comes that moment. It's the scariest, worst verse for old Samson. It says he was gonna break out of those cores. The Philistines wrapped around him because, you know, remember Delilah who acted like she was in love with him? And he's gonna break away again, and this time it says... But Samson did not know that the Lord had left him. Hey, sidebar, is God serious about any sin in our lives? Is he? Yeah. Look, we all sin, we all stumble. But if we just keep going out there, I can do whatever I want. Look, so did Samson think that he really thought he could keep doing whatever he wanted to do because look I touched that jawbone look I touched that dead lion I was nothing happened I still have all the strength until God saw and he said I'm done we're done now we're done now you gotta learn a lesson son and he can't break free and the Philistines come and get him and what do they do they blind him they blind his eyes and they bind him and they take him into that mill and he's grind they grind him so he's blinded he's binded and he's grinded and he's walking pushing that mill stone to grind the wheat and no offense ladies but it's the time period this was women's work and women's work only and here's the great samson he's blind he has no more strength all of his freedom's taken away and he's doing women's work and he was once the great man of Israel and there he is do you think he thinks about any regrets at that time do you think he thinks he he wishes he could go back in time and stop a few things and change things in his life do you think he thinks hey gosh I wish I would listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit when he said don't do that anymore don't do that anymore yeah I'm sure but then we have God I'm sure Samson repented in his heart because one of the greatest verses in the story is this and Samson's hair began to grow again don't you just love that because that's a symbol of the strength but God is telling us something okay Samson you're going to make a comeback you're blind but you're going to make a comeback and there's that day that he's out there at the temple of Dagon, the false idol of the Philistines. There's like 3,000 people in there for this big event. And they bring Samson out to make fun of him. And he's out there. I sat by a rabbi on the way home from Israel one time. And I asked him how the rabbis looked at a lot of different things. And I'm pretty sure it was him who told me that Samson was out there dancing sexually seductive. Can you imagine the great man of God come to your Chippendales dancer? But Samson was doing it to lure the people in because he asked the one person, please take me to the temple pillars because he can't see where he's at. And he gets to the temple pillars and he says, and he whispers, he says, God, just give me the strength one more time strengthen me one more time to serve you God and God does it and he pushes those pillars and the house comes down of that idol and 3,000 people go down and so does Samson and he dies but think of what he said think of what he did give me the strength to serve you one more time God strengthens the servants because it's, he knows it's the servants who need the strength to keep going, to keep pushing the kingdom of God, to keep making sure we're driving back the gates of hell. David, a man who lived 3,000 years ago, I, I can't wait to talk to him in heaven. I just can't wait. i got to ask him some questions. But David is a young man when God anoints him to be the next king, King Saul is the existing king. David is not of his family line. That's a problem right there. So King Saul tries to kill him. And David has to run. King Saul's own son, Jonathan, already acknowledges that David is the rightful next king, which angers King Saul even more. So David runs, and he's on the run for 10 years, guys 10 years what's it like to know that you have a position in the future but your whole life is upside down sideways and it makes no sense how will I ever get to there how many are feeling that right now God has control of your life never forget that but there's David and he's in a cave this next king he's in a cave and he's tired and he's a hunted man everywhere he goes there's most wanted posters it's that wherever he goes and he begins to mutter something to himself. It's a small whisper. Here's what he says. Man, I remember that water. Water from that well in Bethlehem. It was so good. I wish I had some of that water right now. He grew up in Bethlehem. But have you ever been at a place in your life that is so heavy, that is so stressful? It's a season of trials that seem to not go away and you think back to a sweeter time in your life. Anyone ever do that? Sure. For me, it would be like when life is pressure and stressful and crazy, it would be like me thinking back to, gosh, I remember when I was like, eight years old and my mom would take me to Mendoza snow cones at the city park anyone remember Mendoza snow cones long time corner people remember that they still have it mobile it's the greatest snow cones in the history of mankind I'm not exaggerating he's still mobile the grandson is and whenever he sees me he knows me he gives me double <laughs> but it'd be like that you're thinking back to a time when that was so good that's where David's at but when he mutters the words when he whispers the words he's got these guys around him they're called the mighty men now let me tell you about the mighty men they weren't always mighty do you know when they first come to David they attach himself the description of the mighty men is they're in debt they're depressed they're discontented how would you like that mob to come and attach themselves to you lead us no <laughs> but David takes these guys And David's a warrior. And David grows him and builds him. And they become the mighty men warriors. They do great exploits. It's incredible what these guys do. But they hear him. They go, Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he wants? Let's go get it for him. And they go out in the stealth in the darkness of night. Bethlehem's not like next door guys. They have to travel. And they go to Bethlehem, even though they know they could be killed because Saul is hunting the whole group of them. They go get the water from the well. They get it. And they come all the way back. And they bring the water to David. They go, here you go. Here's that water that you wanted. David takes it. And he pours it out on the ground as an offering unto God. Because he's going to glorify God because God is still number 1 even though my circumstances are terrible I'm still going to worship God I don't care what anybody says but here's the thing David he's also a picture and a type of someone called the son of David one of Jesus titles prophetically is a son of David and David's a picture of that the men heard the whispers of David do you and I hear the whispers of the son of David Jesus Christ do we hear his heart are we close enough to him to hear him say I need you I need you Would you jump in and do something? Do you hear the heart of God? Or has it been a long time since you've even heard the heart of God because we've just pushed it aside and pushed it aside and pushed it aside till we don't hear it anymore? These guys are one, close proximity, and two, they're very sensitive to the whispers of David. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. I'm close to Jesus. And I'm sensitive to when he whispers to me, he says, you need to do something, Jim. You need to jump in that, Jim. Do you hear the whispers of Jesus Christ? So yesterday, last month was my four-year-old granddaughter, Willa, it was her birthday. Yesterday was my three-year-old granddaughter. You know, I got six grandkids in like eight seconds it's like there. it's like rapid fire now I prayed for it now it just doesn't stop <laughs> and uh, yesterday's was Lincoln's she's three and my son Nathan who gave the, he was the host today he's got three kids he'd like like 33 but stop you know, at a certain point um, so he had a bounce house you know bounce house Lincoln crawls in I'm standing outside the bounce house. She looks at me on the inside and here's what she does. She's inside, she looks at me, she goes. (laughs) I pity her husband in the future, okay? (laughs) This is one strong woman, all right? But that's what she goes. Okay. You want me in? So I go in. Look, guys, I'm no spring chicken. You know, I'm, I'm within the vicinity of 70 years of age. You guys are going, no, don't say that. You look like you're 33. I know. No, I'm nearing, I'm, I'm within two and a half years now. And so, and I don't dye my hair, okay? It's just come and look at it up close, all right? But I go in there. And she wants, I either chase her or she chases me. And remember, I battle vertigo. Have you ever gone in a bounce house when you battle vertigo? It's not fun. But she, I have to, I'm in there with her. And the rest of the day, guess what? Granddaddy had a headache from vertigo. But she told me, she goes, you get in here and you do this now. I obeyed. I obeyed. Here's what Jesus is telling us at times. Get in. Do something. Hear the whisper of God. When the phone rings like it is now, don't just say, I'm not answering that. I'm going to stay in my bed. I know other people are tired. I know the body's off balance. But you know what? I'm just a little bit too busy for everything else. And I got my personal agenda that's more important than the will of God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? hear the whisper of God he's saying I need you I need you and I need you so here's what we're going to do here's how I'm going to close it I want you all to stand up with me right now I don't know if you saw all this on the wall over here but those are all serving positions in our church places where you can get involved I'm going to dismiss you in a second I'm going to pray and dismiss you I want you you, you, we don't want you exiting through that door today you got to go other ways we want you to come around here pick a position they're still up there now you just need to know that everyone who serves at our church you will go through a background check including myself because we protect our children amen and we also protect the money that you give but there are plenty of other positions that people can take and serve in. And everything is confidential. Everything's confidential. But we need you. Hear the whisper of God. We want you to go up here afterwards, find a position, take it, and let's start serving so the body of Christ isn't stumbling, so we can drive back the gates of hell. Let's pray. God we need everybody to do what they need to do we need servants that's what the kingdom calls for to drive back the gates of hell thank you Lord that you have gifted us we're called to use the gift and we're called to use the gift to serve others and as we serve others you strengthen us and as we're serving and you strengthen us we glorify you in in what, what we do what a great system AND SO GOD I PRAY THAT WE HEAR THE WHISPER OF GOD, AND WE JUMP IN, AND DON'T WAIT FOR SOMEBODY ELSE TO DO IT, THANK YOU LORD, IN JESUS' NAME, AMEN AND AMEN, SO, I HAVEN'T FORGOTTEN, DON'T MOVE ANYBODY, YOU GUYS THOUGHT I FORGOT, HUH, I'M GOING TO HAVE YOU REPEAT, THEN I'M GOING TO DISMISS, HERE WE GO, LORD KEEP me outward FOCUSED, AND FILL ME WITH YOUR SPIRIT, GIVE ME THE BOLDNESS, TO SHARE THE GOSPEL WITH OTHERS, Open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. God bless you guys. Get over there, check it out. Remember, if you need prayer to my left or right, there's prayer people over here. We start our Bible study Tuesday. See you parents tonight at the parent meeting for student ministries. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media on facebook and instagram at nbcc norco or email us at hello at nbcc.com thank you for listening don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast